Welcome to the OmniTalk Fast Five, sponsored by Takeoff, the AM Consumer and Retail Group, and Attentive. The OmniTalk Fast Five is the podcast that we hope each week makes you feel a little smarter and, most importantly, a little happier, too. It is October 28th, 2021. I'm your host, Chris Walton. I'm Ann Mazinga. <laughs> and we are here once again to discuss all the top headlines making waves in the world of Omni Channel retailing this past week. And, and this is one of my, this is always my favorite show every month because. Yes. This is the show where our sponsors, the AM Consumer and Retail Group, bring people from their organization onto our show and we turn the tables on them yes. by putting them on the spot to get them back for all the tough questions they ask us each and every week. So I am pleased to announce David Ritter and David Brown are joining our show. Guys, how are you today? Great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, fantastic, Chris. Really looking forward to it. Now, David Brown, you're, an, you're a new visitor. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about you and your role at AM? Sure, happy to. And uh, David Brown, I'm a partner and, and managing director. I actually lead our consumer and retail group. I do most okay. of my work in retail and a little bit in CPG. And happy to be here. Exciting. And Dave Ritter, you're the veteran. Yeah. Tell us, tell Hi. everybody a little bit about you. Absolutely. Hi, uh, Dave Ritter here. I'm a partner and managing director uh, in the consumer retail group at Alvarez and Marcel too. Um, I serve mostly retail clients, but some CPG clients and, and the, the areas where I like to, to bring, uh, bring new insights to bear at the intersection of retail technology and operations. Awesome. Dave, th now Dave, this is going to be tough for all those yes. listening, Dave and David. Uh, we did that in touch. Like, you know, it reminds me of like two Utes. You remember two Utes from my cousin Vinny? <laughs> yeah. I got the two Daves here today. <laughs> but, uh, but Dave, this is this is what your third time on the show. What are we? What are you? You're getting close to the jacket here. Where are we at with you? <laughs> I think it's my third time. I'm gonna have to go back and look. Third time. Uh, but I'm looking uh, forward to the green jacket for sure. Awesome. The green jacket is. Yeah, we have to decide what color they are. I don't know. Yeah. Chartreuse maybe feels more maybe appropriate blue. for us. Maybe like a blue T-shirt for the Omni Talk. Yeah, like, it yeah. fits with the logo and the branding, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And hey, we're all about consumer branding on this show. <laughs> all right. Well, let's. Without further ado, let's get to the headlines because we got four of us today. We got lots of ground to cover, and we got two experts here that I can't wait to get their opinions on this week's headlines because they are pretty darn good if oh, yes. I do say so myself and agrees. All right. In today's Fast Five, we are going to talk Amazon launching new local selling capabilities to help small businesses. Trigo opening up its second live to the public checkout free experience with the Reva Group in Germany. Yeah. Poshmark letting big brands sell directly on its platform. All the PayPal and Pinterest news that you can imagine. But first, we're going to take off and get this podcast started with a company that doesn't normally start our podcast, and that is Target. And you have the honors, I, please. I will. Yes. PayPal, Pinterest. That's I know, a lot right? Of a lot of topic. alliteration. Yes. We love it. Uh, okay, guys. Headline number one. So Target is adding several new features to their already awesome same-day capabilities. According to Chain Store Age, Target has added Forgot Something? That allows customers to <laughs> right. place a new order. That's the name of it, right? It Forget is. something. Yeah. Forget something, not forgot. Oh, something. right. Yeah. If you place an order at the same store and then you realize, like I do pretty much every single time I place an order for pickup, that you need to add something on, you can still do that within the same amount of time and pick that up in one order. They're also rolling out backup, which lets customers designate a second choice if their preferred uh, food or beverage pickup is unavailable. And they're launching several new features for ship shoppers, like added categories that you can pick up in apparel and toys. And my personal favorite, the ability to request this store that my ship shopper shops at 
say that five she's times ship right. shopper shops at yes Man, she sells seashells by the seashell yes. oh i actually nailed that all right yes. good. all right uh david brown we're gonna go to you first uh what are your thoughts on this move from target well thanks Ann. i actually love it i mean uh in some ways this is the ultimate uh conclusion of the trend that's been happening over the last couple of years where yeah, we've moved from you order something, you get it in a week. Now you order something, you get it in two days to, to one day to uh, instant gratification, right? Um, okay. And that's what we're all about today, instant gratification. Everything's amplified at the holidays time. And so, totally. uh, and stress levels go up. So the ability to uh, either get that second item, get the item that you forgot, uh, you know, the milk you want is, is not in and be able to, you know, get your next choice or at least get something tangible yeah. uh, when you wouldn't have got something, uh, I think is brilliant for Target. I think it's going to actually do really well. Um, and, uh, you know, versus, uh, what Walmart's doing and, and what Amazon's doing that we'll, uh, we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, I think this puts him in, uh, in a really good spot for the holidays. Totally, yeah, um, totally agree. I think you nailed the part too. Like that's the, that's where the ship shopper comes in for me is like, you can send them to, if I know this target has like a wider toy selection and a wider grocery selection, like in our, like we, you know, where you'd be sending your ship shopper. Right? Oh yeah. Because, right. But yeah. That's like, a good, ah, that's a when, good point. When, it, when you yeah, have the holidays, like you can now get be like, I you're picking up all my stocking stuffers and you're picking up the food that I need for my holiday party this weekend. It's brilliant. Uh, Dave yeah, absolutely. Oh. I mean, the only thing I would, yeah, I would add to that yeah. is that like I was been always amazed historically at like when my wife would drive an extra five miles to go to this target versus that target right. or it's this a thing. store versus that store. So it's like, yeah, it's yeah. catering to, you know, something that I personally didn't experience, but there's a need out there that is now being fulfilled in a, in a radically different way. For, for sure. Yeah. Let me ask you guys this too. And before you go, Dave, I want to get your thoughts on this too. But the other thing I love about this story, because I agree with everything you both just said, right? And I think the second choice thing is brilliant. Like that solves an absolute need for a lot of people shopping for grocery, right? Like that when you think about it, you're like, why hasn't why haven't we heard more about that before? Right. Mm -hmm. It's just something so intuitive. The thing I love about it too is is all the extensions you're seeing in and around shipped right now. Like talked about the preferred shopper program before, yep. right? Where you can send the person that's you have the confidence in to get your groceries for you or to get any products for you. Like you talked about, Ann with apparel, like this gives a lot of extensions into the space in that last mile space, which is becoming more dog eat dog. When you start thinking about Instacart, DoorDash, Uber, there's they're carving out some nice little niches here that give them some points of differentiation against that sea of muck, so right. to speak. So I'm curious, Dave, what's your take on this? I love it as well. I mean, the thing that I like the most about the announcement was the backup choice idea. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think everyone's talking about inventory shortages and that's likely right, to be a, a big point. challenge this, this holiday season. So uh, just addressing that head on as opposed to disappointing your customer, uh, I think is, is pretty brilliant. Time and wise. That's so true, Dave, too. That was one of the other points that I had. Like, this is all great in theory, but you better hope that Target's doubled down on the less sexy announcement. That's like, it, do you have clear inventory visibility? Because if you don't, then none of these things work. And I think that's true for a lot of companies, too, as we're starting to get, especially into the holidays, like you said. But Absolutely. Well, Anne. Yes, With that Chris. first headline out of the way, I have a question for you. Are you paying attention? I'm always paying attention. Are you? Are you Even really? Even post first concert of 
of that's right. Anne attended years. her first concert. I'm paying attention. She saw Evanescence yesterday. No, Sylvanesso, uh, not Evanescence, yeah. Chris. Same thing in my mind. No, it's not. Very but, different thing. But, but yes, I'm, I'm paying attention. I'm glad you're paying attention because this next headline is brought to you by Attentive. And if you want to learn more and see why thousands of brands use Attentive's SMS platform to send interactive marketing campaigns that better engage customers and drive revenue, then Anne, you should visit attentivemobile.com slash Omnitalk and request your demo today. Because headline number two yes. is very important. Headline number two is that Amazon is now letting customers buy products from sellers for same-day pickup at the seller's local store or choose fast local delivery. Now, by way of this new program, which is one Amazon is calling local selling, very Clever. cool and catchy, mm -hmm. sellers can give nearby customers the opportunity to support local businesses with regional offers across all product categories. And I thought this was kind of cool. They can offer products they couldn't before, such as large or fragile items. Mm. And sellers can also offer customers add-on services, such as product assembly or installation for the products they deliver. Nice. David Brown, back to you to start us off again, second time in a row. What do you make of this news? I'm really curious to get your take on this one. Yeah, I think this one's super interesting in the sense that it's Amazon yeah, extending what they do best, right? They, Amazon at its core is a supply chain and analytics company, mm -hmm. uh, even more so than a, than a retailer. So this is pushing their supply chain advantage to the, the natural conclusion, to the benefit of the customer. Um, they're taking local stores, could be small, could be large, and allowing them to offer more products and use a supply chain capability that a, a lot of the local sellers would never be able to implement themselves because they don't have the right systems. Right. They don't have the right personnel. They don't have the, the capital investment needed. And you know, what's Amazon get out of it, right? They push more products to their marketplace and they take their 35% or you know, kind of whatever the terms are with uh, that particular deal. They get more customer data that, that flows through. So it's a, it's a total win-win for the local companies and for Amazon pushing its natural advantage that it has over everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. The way I think about what you said too, they're almost a commerce infrastructure company in a lot of ways. Yeah, absolutely. Slice it is probably a good way to say it too. Yeah. Dave, what do you think here? Uh, I agree. I mean, for me, this comes down to Amazon has such a strong, compelling uh, customer proposition. This drinks into their merchant proposition in a pretty significant way. And I think as we think about the battle of the commerce platforms, uh, not the end customer matters a lot, but the merchant right. base matters just as much. And, right. and having uh, a dominant position in both of those is, you know, is, is the, the strongest position you could be in. So I, I think it, it, it makes a ton of sense. Yeah. The other, the other point I like about it too, is it actually, and Dave, David, this goes back to something you said, I think in the first headline, which is it shows that the convenience of, of same day pickup is real, mm -hmm. right? That it's, it, that not everyone's going to elect, you know, quick, fast delivery, that the speed associated with pickup is really real in people's minds. And I don't think any of us knew that until the pandemic, but it, it really is a factor because speed and convenience are two really different things. And sometimes going to that store and picking up yourself is more the convenient option, quite honestly, a lot of times. So that's what I took from this story as well. And what do you think here? Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, the part that we haven't talked about is that people will be excited to be able to support local businesses and buy on Amazon. Like that, yeah. that is a key component here. I think That's if true. you have the option of picking up, you know, a product that could have been shipped from California, there are sustainability things that come into play there. And there's the support of your local community and business that come into that as well. The other thing too, is I think that if like David was saying, you know, yes, Amazon is providing this commerce or you were saying, Chris, this commerce infrastructure, and it gives local brands the ability to see how they can 
you know, utilize this if their customers are utilizing the same day pickup. I think it also allows an opportunity for a lot of other halo businesses mm. that are around this. Like we talked yeah. to front door collective, um, you know, point. and Walmart go local even just to see that like, okay, if they didn't want to go on Amazon, but I know that there's a lot of people locally that are willing to come and pick up my product or they want the product same day, that it's not just Amazon that I have the opportunity to work with. I have all these other businesses to provide that service to my customers as well. 100%. Yeah, it just amplifies the whole thing. Right. You know, it's like we said, I mean, it goes back to the commerce infrastructure point that David made, you know, it, it just amplifies everything. Mm -hmm. all, all boats rise with the tide seemingly with this announcement. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, let's go on to headline number three. So Trigo is in the news again this week. I know. In the span of two weeks, they have opened their second live to the public checkout free store, this time with Reva Group in Cologne, Germany. Now, a couple of key points to note, similar to the Tesco store that they opened in High Holborn, we just put out a video of yeah, a tour did. of that, that uh, awesome. yesterday. So check I've done all year. I know, it was it's amazing. Great. Check it out. This store in Cologne is also a retrofit, but unlike Tesco, this is a hybrid shopping experience. So customers can walk in and use their app to scan in and have a completely autonomous checkout experience, or um, they can shop through the traditional method and have um, a traditional shopping experience in the store. All right, David Ritter, let's start with you. What is a signal to you? We've got two announcements, two big announcements in the span of two weeks. Where's it going from here? Uh, I think Chris and I have, have talked about this many times, but I we mean, have I privately. Is, yeah, I we have. I'm curious. Massive wave of the future. This is coming. It's just a matter of time. Uh, and the Trigo guys are on fire. Uh, interestingly, some other competitors in the space, Grabango and Standard, have both made news too. So, I mean, mm -hmm. this, this technology is coming. One of the things that I found really interesting about this that I don't think people are talking about is just how is innovation happening in retail and technology? Both of these pilots are with investors as well. So it's no longer a, right. vendor, a vendor retailer relationship. It's they're going together in partnership to test these new concepts. So I think it, just as much about the success of Trigo and the technology is that retailers are starting to get, get smart to the fact that, you know, they can get a piece of the upside in, these, in, in the pie on some of these really groundbreaking technologies um, and kind of almost make, build the future together, which I think is a really interesting uh, kind of new model for a corporate VC. That's brilliant, Dave. I mean, I, I completely agree. I, I, that's true. I had, I knew that, but hadn't put that those pieces together. And I think that's a, that's a great study for us to be paying attention to as we start to see more retailers and, mm -hmm. and partners roll this out. David, what are your thoughts here? I agree with Dave. I think it's going to be an absolute wave of the future. And yeah, I think at the core of this, oh. a lot of people just don't like the kind of interactions that you have, you know, at a grocery store, at a convenience store, yeah. the the waiting in line, they actually having to deal with other people. And I don't know if that's a sad commentary on the human condition or not, but uh, uh, the more you can take that friction out of the system, uh, I think the better it is for a subset of the population. And, uh, and I think it's going to be a huge success. Wow. So that, okay. That's fascinating to me too, because you know, you guys, you consultants, you got your eyes on everything going on in the industry. You guys are saying this is coming. Cause I've got, there's people on social media today. After I put the, the, the demonstration, the live demo we did with Trigo CEO in the high Holborn store online yesterday, there are people who are like still poo-pooing this and like very, very skeptical of it. And I'm like, man, check out the video because the thing is just an awesome experience. Now at this point, you have to say Trigo's in the lead too. I mean, they've got two pilots with two countries going on both in Europe. 
right? Germany has, here's the other part. Germany has some of the strictest privacy laws in the world, if not the strictest. And so that tells you how these guys are thinking about this. We bring in the partners part too, Dave. Um, these guys are ready for anything. So to me, if you're a U.S. retailer and you're not starting to look at this more strongly, you're, you're missing the boat, in my opinion. Dave, what do you think? I mean, I couldn't agree more, but privacy laws, retrofit, hybrid technology, right. they're checking off all the boxes as they go. I, I mean, it's just a matter of time. And frankly, I think it's a real opportunity for uh, U.S. retailers to, to, to be the first kind of first mover. I know Giant Eagle has, has taken some steps forward, but yeah. I mean, there's a lot of white space here and they should be j- jumping at the opportunity. Well, and the Giant Eagle and you mentioned the Grabango and the Standard place too those are very different in their design too like you know in both the designs here you've got a what i would call a pre-entry authorization where the two companies tesco and reva are really they're all in on this and they're saying hey shop this way whereas those other two experiences are like hybrid you can use it you can have the app you can download it and then you kind of scan it on something as you walk out which i think is fraught with a whole host of issues um so i this is just a very different level of commitment in my mind too to your point Agreed. I mean, I, I think we'll, I think we will see new pilots popping up in the U S shortly. I mean, it's just right. a matter of time. Yeah. Right. right. And they'll, they'll probably all take different shapes and sizes and forms too, I would imagine. And what do you think? Final word? Oh yeah. I mean, I think they, you know, Trigo was talking about yesterday within the next year, they're planning to open a 10,000 square foot store. These, yeah. the Reva and Tesco sizes are 2,500 square feet. So I think, you know, like Dave, David, you guys are all saying, I think that it's, it's going to just magnify, especially as it comes into the U S more and we start to see more uh, stores of this size opening to come in the next year. Yeah. It's a good point too, man. Cause you, you can't get bigger unless you do something smaller first, right? right? It's going to be really hard to just start this at 40,000 square feet in your right. operation. So like right. retailers need to get the punchline to that joke, I think really quickly too. All right, let's do headline number four. Interesting story here. I know Anne loved this one. Anne fought to get this one in. According to Retail Dive, secondhand marketplace Poshmark launched a new program called Brand Closet. Reminds me of the the show Veronica's Closet back in the day with Kirstie (laughs) Alley that lets big brands sell directly to Poshmark's 80 million users. Now, here's how it works. Brands can share limited time products, create brand pages, conduct email campaigns, manage inventory and logistics, and do one-on-one client selling through Poshmark services. Sounds like it's also a dessert topping. Uh, (laughs) David Ritter, where does this story rank for you on on the important scale? One to 10. I I think it's pretty important, actually. I mean, if we look at fashion categories, resale is is the fastest growing by far, uh, which doesn't, I mean, it's also a small base, but nonetheless, you know, it is uh, is a very fast growing segment. So I think it makes a lot of sense for brands to to want to partner with someone like Poshmark, uh, just to, to frankly expand their exposure to a broader customer base. And in terms of Poshmark, the name of the game on all these platforms is traffic, right? Mm-hmm. So um, anything they can do to drive incremental traffic to their to their site, I think, you know, increases the value of the full value proposition. So for me, it's more about, uh, you know, eyeballs and more about traffic to the site uh, than the actual, you know, specifics of this, this pilot itself. But uh, I, I like the idea personally. And you fought for this. What do you think? This is so brilliant. Okay. You love it. I need Dave's on it. the right track because yes, it does give brands exposure. There's like 
millions of people on the Poshmark platform and around the world. And now they have access to your brand in a new way that they may not have had before. But I just did an interview with Cynthia Power from Recurate. And we were talking about this concept that brands are just starting to grasp of the multi-life value of your product. So it's not just about the product one-to-one. I sell the the handbag and now it's done. That product is going to have multiple owners now. And in many cases, especially when you're talking about fashion, like Dave's saying, and luxury goods. And so how are you using these kinds of opportunities, partnerships with people like Poshmark to make sure that you're connecting with all of the consumers that are going to own your product, the new consumer, how are you going to get back a customer that maybe didn't get the opportunity to have that item firsthand? There's a lot of things here, including you're excited. I am. And Depop has been doing this with Radarte or Radart, Radarte. Right, yeah, I can't right. say it correctly because yeah. I'm not a fashion. I think you said it right, right? Radart. Oh, okay. Um, and Anna Sui for a long time where they're taking product that either was, you know, they didn't get to produce. It was just a, a like pilot product that they were working with and they're putting those out. So they're like limited edition. They have some allure to these new buyers, but then you can also use, if I'm a 20 year old back in the day, and I'm, <laughs> I'm clearing that long back in the day. And when I'm clearing out my closet of H and M stuff, I could get rid of all my H and M stuff and start buying Anna Sui yeah, or like right. Louis Vuitton with my Poshmark dollars that I have in my bank. And it's great. Like you, the whole circular economy is like taking yeah. place. And now brands are finally figuring out that they, somebody's going to resell your product. So you need to be involved in that process. Whew. You done? I need a cigarette. Yeah, you do. Wow. I was just going to say you need a cigarette. Absolutely. All right, David, you got to follow that one on. What are your thoughts? I, that's hard to follow, but <laughs> uh, clearly excitement there. I, I think that's going to be really interesting from the standpoint of, of what are the brands going to put in the brand closet, right? Is it right. going to be used primarily as a liquidation channel? Yep. Is it going to be like I'm creating one-offs? Is it, you know, as you, as Anne, you said, is it going to be demo products? Is it going to be uh, you know, kind of their, their mainstream stuff and how do they maintain kind of their brand identity, the, you know, the message that they're trying to sell and, and send through a different channel. I love the idea of, you know, of the lifetime value and, and the trade-off play and all of that, but I think it's going to be really interesting out of the gate to see how the different brands use the channel, right? Liquidation versus uh, exclusives versus, you know, maybe even a new product subset. So that that's the beauty of it though, too, David, you hit on that exactly is that they can test all of these things on this platform. They could see if, if the, you know, if the stuff that is overstock didn't find a way to make it through, like they can see that the overstock stuff's not selling and we're going to go just for resale and use this for resale because the other option is putting that stuff in a landfill or burning it. So, I mean, this is a win-win for brands all around, I think. Or at least they're going to have more control here, you know, right. yeah. being on the platform versus, you know, dumping it through some other liquidation channel that, that they have less control, less customer exactly. contact. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. I think, I think David, Dave, you might've been on this the show when we talked about this last time. Do you remember when we talked about like putting resale items on the selling floor of the stores yeah. too? Yeah. Like, yeah, I like this idea a lot better because, you know, the part that always worried me with the whole resale concept was, okay, do I really want to take my, my average unit retail down, you know, in my whatever selling avenue I have? But in this case, that's not really, the, that's a different conversation because you're actually trying to get a higher return on the asset of the inventory that you already sold. Mm-hmm. And so to the points we're talking about, this enables that in a really good way. I love your point about the pot. Is it posh bucks or did I make that up? You are making that up. Am I making Absolutely. that up? Well, it should be a thing. 
If if Stephen Tristan Young is listening, the CMO of, of Posh Park, Posh Box, I think it's Pack cool. Bucks is what you're referring to. Uh, what? Pack Sun. You're uh, referring yeah, to the right. Pack Bucks that used to have in like uh, the anyway, 90s. Anyway, Posh. Do you have a Puka Shell necklace too that you <laughs> are hiding do. underneath? Yeah, I probably that? do. All right, but Posh Bucks. Anyway, that's cool because like, yes, you get everyone on the platform selling and then they can graduate into these higher, more aspirational yes. brands, which is a, a really cool thing. I can't think of anywhere else you can do that. So, all right, Anne. I'm a little leery of giving you the fifth headline, um, be, given He's how scared. high you started on headline number four. But uh, take it away. All right, you guys. Headline number five. This is everybody wants to talk about this one. They love to hate on this headline. But PayPal and Pinterest, they were on again. Now they're off again. Yeah. Uh, last week, the Wall Street Journal reported that PayPal was interested in acquiring Pinterest. Uh, but then as PayPal's share price tumbled on the news, 12%, I believe, uh, PayPal released a statement saying that the PayPal board of management had decided to back away from the idea. Like, ee, ee, ee. I'm just going to moonwalk out of here. That was a terrible <laughs> idea. Uh, Dave Ritter, PayPal backing away. Do you agree with that? What do you think? Should they have stuck with it? What's going on? You know, I think it's a really interesting uh, question, frankly, because th there's two schools of thought. I mean, I think the worlds of commerce and fintech are colliding. Like, it's just happening. Yep. Uh, I have a friend at Commerce Ventures named Matt uh, who calls it the super app. And in Asia, yeah. you yeah. know, Alipay, WeChat Pay have over a billion users each. So I think, um, I think that there is a world for the super app. The question for me is, is Pinterest the right partner for PayPal to choose? It, it wouldn't have been the, the first one that came to mind as I thought about commerce platforms. Um, in some ways, you know, the, the eBay used to be uh, is a is a better fit than than this. If you really mm -hmm. if you step back and think about it, I'm bullish on the concept of the super app, but I, I don't like the Pinterest fit per se that much. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree. I mean, th that's pretty much my notes verbatim. Dave was like, yeah, it doesn't make sense if you are trying to create the you know the U.S. version of AliPay or WeChat and try to kick it off. Pinterest is such an odd bedfellow, I think. Like, it just doesn't doesn't quite make sense. David, what are your thoughts here? I think the title of this one should have been PayPal avoids huge write-off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I like it. Bluntness, yes, candor. Yeah, yeah I, I, I love the, the everything Dave said about, you know, kind of collaboration and, and pushing frictionless payment. But, you know, buying a commerce platform or, you know, a wannabe commerce platform uh, just to push the uh, your, your payment services is, is not the way to success. Uh, you know, make it frictionless, make it smoother, and make it available everywhere else. You don't need to own the front end. Right. Yeah, I think the I think the wriggle out of this conversation, right, is like it's all it, it's inherently all this that we're talking about is you know founded in this idea of social commerce, and there's only so many social networks to go around. Pinterest is that by definition, but. It's different in the sense of like they've never been able to figure out how to conduct commerce off of it, right? Like it's it's for people browsing, you know, different things, recipes, home things, you know. That but to actually want to buy off of that is they've never been able to trigger it really. Well, and messaging, like you're you're the, the social component outside of like sharing a Pinterest board, like there's just not the connection points that there are with Facebook, right. Instagram, where you're like yeah. actually having an in one to one conversation with either a brand, a friend, anyone like that. Right. So that that was gonna be my point is like you know there's just only so many of those that go around mm -hmm. in the U.S. and you know so like to me like somebody like snap would be a much better target for them. You know, Galloway's thrown out that Shopify should acquire them, you know, it's his latest thing, right? Like, 
which I think makes sense, right? That that plays into it or TikTok or, you know, Instagram, Facebook already firmly entrenched. There's probably going to be another one that pops up at some point too. But, you know, I think, so yeah, I mean, I, I just, I don't see the value here. I'm glad they pulled away. Hopefully it's not right. Like Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor that we see this again <laughs> down the line, but who the hell knows? Nice sixties reference there for no one, no one listening that it gets. Yeah. That. I was like, wait, but, you're going to have to explain yeah. that. But that David, version. Dave, did you have a final thought here before we go yeah, to the lightning no, round? I, I couldn't agree more that the price tag's too high. And if you're going to, if you're going to hit that kind of price tag, Shopify makes so much more sense. It, it, it you just, it doesn't, it, it's so much more of a natural fit. If you're building the quote unquote super app, I, I, I'm, I think David is exactly right that they walked away from a huge mistake. All right, you guys, we are going to go to the lightning round. Dave, David, are you ready? It's my favorite part. Okay. (laughs) All right. First question goes to you, Dave Ritter. Hasbro has warned that supply chain bottlenecks will potentially impact the number of toys under the tree this year. If this meant that you had to give your children, including the new Bebe Ritter, a homemade replacement gift this year, what would you be giving to them, Dave? Oh man. Uh, well, my son's two and a half and right now his favorite uh, thing to do is play with kinetic sand. I think we might just go old school and go with just sand. Sand. <laughs> Love it. The be- just a 30 pound bag of Home Depot sand, like playground sand. Like, there you go. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. That's so good. Oh my God. That's an all time run this show. All right, David Brown, Walmart plans to pilot in 200 stores, Coinstar terminals that will exchange cash for cryptocurrency right on the spot. You're going to be slapping some change to your local Walmart? Absolutely. I mean, coins have already become the uh, kind of throwaway component of the currency, right? So I might as well, you know, throw it into something that uh, has some upside for me. Yeah, that's actually I'm taking my jar to Walmart as soon as I got one. (laughs) Okay, I think you just flipped me on that whole storyline, actually, now now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, that's a great idea. All right, Dave Ritter, Crispy Rice, a C3 owned ghost kitchen, opened in two TGI Fridays restaurants in California and Maryland. And they have seen so much success with this concept that they plan to open more in the coming months. First question Are you a fan of this move? And two, if so, do you think that the Crispy Rice employees should also be required to wear flair? Oh, wow. Definitely yes on the flair. I can just <laughs> yes. say more flair, the better. Uh, I do think that listen, there's a lot of excess kitchen capacity in restaurants across the nation, whether it's Applebee's or TGI Fridays. Um, it makes it seems to make more sense to use things that have already been built than spend a bunch of capital uh, to build these ghost kitchens, you know, where they already exist. Right. That's couldn't a, couldn't agree more. That's a great point. And office space references are always approved on yes. this show. All right, David Brown, final question of the lightning round. Instagram this week announced plans to let influencers create their own stores. What Instagram influencer or brand is most likely to get you to purchase something directly in app? You know, I, I love David Chang's podcast and uh, and a lot of the stuff that he, uh, he, he posts on Instagram. So the ability to buy Milk bar cookies, you know, directly ooh, ooh. Uh, would, would probably be pretty exciting for me. All right. Nice drop. Nice drop. That was very, very well done. All right. Well, happy birthday today to close us out to Annie Potts, Finn Whitrock, and the woman who I had the biggest crush on in the eighth grade and quite honestly, probably still do, Julia Roberts. And remember, if you can only read or listen to one retail blog in the business, make it OmniTalk. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news. And our twice weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day and also features special content exclusive to us 
and just for you. And it's all within the preview pane of your inbox. You can sign up today at www.omnitalk.blog. Thanks, as always, for listening in. Please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on YouTube. And finally, Daves, the two Daves, the two Utes. If people want to get in touch with you, they found what you guys were saying interesting. What's the best way for them to do that? Uh, the best way, first, we've relaunched our website, so we're excited to share that. It's alvarezandmarsal-crg.com. Uh, so that's a good way to get to meet us. And then you can reach out personally to my email. It's dritter at alvarezandmarsal.com or LinkedIn. Yeah, LinkedIn's great. Or you know, my email's uh, david.brown at alvarezandmarsal.com. Awesome. Love when you guys give the emails. That's so awesome. All right. Again, thank you to our co-hosts for today, David Ritter and David Brown of the AM Consumer and Retail Group. It was fun putting you guys on the spot, especially going through those lightning round questions with you. Dave Ritter, I think that was one of the all-time best. I'm just going to say it again. Sad. That's the <laughs> gift of the holiday season that just keeps on giving. All right. To everyone listening out there, as always, be careful out there. The Talk Fast Five is brought to you with the help and support of the AM Consumer and Retail Group. The AM Consumer and Retail Group is a management consulting firm that tackles the most complex challenges and advances its clients, people, and communities toward their maximum potential. CRG brings the experience, tools, and operator-like pragmatism to help retailers and consumer products companies be on the right side of disruption. And Takeoff. Takeoff is transforming grocery by empowering grocers to thrive online. The key is micro-fulfillment, small robotic fulfillment centers that can be leveraged at a hyper-local scale. Takeoff also offers a robust software suite so grocers can seamlessly integrate the robotic solution into their existing businesses. To learn more, visit takeoff.com. And Attentive. See why thousands of brands use Attentive's SMS platform to send interactive marketing campaigns that better engage consumers and drive revenue. Visit attentivemobile.com slash Omnitalk to request your demo today. <laughs>